Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. We're back. We're talking about Eric Von Daniken by popular demand. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, actually, that's wrong in my notes. It, my, it actually says, please stop. <laughs> it actually <laughs> says, please stop talking about Eric Von Daniken. That's, uh, I don't know, that's weird. Should we do that or should we, do we have to keep going? I mean, this is the fun bit. First of all, this is It's Probably Not Aliens, a podcast where we uh, debunk ancient astronaut theories, or in this case, astronaut theorists. We're doing sort of a mini biography of the Mac Daddy of uh, of yeah. ancient astronaut theory, the history Eric Von daddy. Daniken. This yeah. is part two, so you probably want to go to the episode before this and listen to part one. I'm Tristan Johnson. I go down a non-Euclidean uh, eldritch hole of mm-hmm. uh, and, and look into the unfathomable and emerge uh, mentally destroyed, ready to talk about insane theories. But I have Scott to bring me back from the brink every week. <gasps> That's me. My name's Scott Nicewander. I know nothing really about anything, but I am, I've am i been fascinated by learning the biography of this uh, very mysterious, very charismatic... Uh, <laughs> charismatic. charismatic. <laughs> very, His charisma <laughs> score is off the charts. Mm-hmm. It's very <sighs> charismatic, this very incredibly wrong man man and learning about his uh, his history and his life that inspired ancient aliens and therefore inspired this podcast that you're listening to right now. Yeah. So today, how does one be wrong for 30 plus books? How do we do it? Um, how does someone keep the keep things fresh and get new ideas? Yeah. Where does where does his inspiration come from? <laughs> today, we're going to talk about how it might be that uh, he, his ideas are not ones that he makes or researches, but that he takes from other authors without Uh their permission (laughs) and then writes books and then publishes books about it. Uh Oh, yeah. So last episode, we learned that Eric Von Daniken uh, has been a thief of physical things and monetary things. And I said monetary weird. And now in this episode, we're learning that potentially he's a thief of thoughts, <laughs> a thief of ideas. Plagiarism or thought, or, uh, thought, <laughs> thought, thought, thought theft. Thought, thought theft. Thought theft is such a hard phrase to say. Thought he's been theft. stealing people's thought fossils. He sure has. Um, yeah. So, I, I, we did mention that he's not the first person to talk about ancient astronauts. That probably was a few years earlier with a book that came out from two people named Desmond Leslie and George Adamski, 
which was a book called The Flying Saucers of Landed, which came out in 1953 and was pretty popular. Mm. Yeah. So George Adamski in this book claimed that he met a Venusian in the California desert in November of 1962. A Venusian? A Venusian, a, a Martian, but from Venus. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, because we didn't quite know that Venus was a uh, horrible hellscape of raining acid and molten lead. <laughs> so they, there's this thought that underneath all the clouds is actually this like idyllic paradise at one point. <laughs> Um, how how to be incredibly wrong. <laughs> yeah, it turned out to be literal hell. Um, but another early author was a person by the name of Donald Kehoe, who was a major in the Marine Corps during World War II, developed an interest in flying saucers uh, in 1949 after, you know, all the, you know, hullabaloo that kind of came up around Roswell and uh, wrote a book called Flying Saucers Are Real, which came out in 1950 mm. and sold about half a million copies. Honestly, a catchy title, though. Like, in terms of, like, trying to get clicks, trying to get views, like, on on, in, on that YouTube mindset, like, Flying Saucers Are Real, that's pretty, I mean, that's a, that, that's a fact. That's a statement. Yeah, it's the most clickbait paperback book I've ever heard. Like, the, you, would, you would have to convince me that the, that the cover of this book did not have just, like, a picture of, like, a grainy, you know, a grainy picture with, like, a big red arrow and a cer- or a big red circle and an arrow pointed at it, like oh, a yeah. clickbaity YouTube thumbnail. And the the hit na- like titles of books continued. In 1953, he wrote a book called Flying Saucers from Outer Space. Amazing. And then that book was turned into a science fiction film called Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Rad. Yeah, us versus them. Which, again, he thought was going to be a documentary, but turned out to be a science fiction movie. Aww. <laughs> Everyone's getting the rug pulled out from under them. And to the point where he actually tried to get his name removed from the credits of the movie. And then it, he also wrote a book called Flying Saucers, colon, Top Secret. Oh, that's good, too. And in that book, he talked about ancient astronauts. Mm, so it's popping up. It's popping mm-hmm. up way, way ahead of time. Yeah. So it's 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 probably not likely that Von Daniken actually knew about these people. But he most definitely knew about two, uh, some authors by the name of uh, Louis Poel, Jacques Bergier, and Robert Cheroux. Okay. A couple of French sounding folks, it sounds. Yeah. So Poel and Bergier uh, wrote a book called Le Martin de Magicien in 1960 which uh, translates to The Morning of the Magicians. That's exciting. It's apparently described as a rambling book that speculates about the existence of secret knowledge of the alchemists, mutant superhumans living in the present as the next stage of evolution, Uh occult connections with Nazism, and atomic energy and extrasensory perceptions, as well as other similar topics. You know, other stuff. (laughs) Just a grab bag of fun ideas. (laughs) I I don't know if you're like me who, like, trolls uh conspiracy media but one of my favorite subgenre of youtube videos are like four hour conspiracy theory epics where they just go through like every conspiracy and it's just like openly plagiarized clips from like the history channel and stuff like that just all mashed together or like oh, various conspiracy wow. theory videos clips from history channel documentaries and all of it is just like it's just a super cut of all those things, just covering every conspiracy theory that the guy who made it uh, was into. Oh, like the, you're talking about someone who genuinely is it believes in that. Not like yeah. people, not not people debunking stuff. You're talking about you like watching the people who who are trying to convince you of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just find it amusing that these like these things where they they just like just take clips from a bunch of documentaries yeah. or like clips of other YouTube videos of conspiracy theory YouTubers 
oh, or yeah. just like conspiracy theory people at like talks and stuff like that and just make like these four hour epics. JFK was a mermaid. I don't know. I'm sure that's one of them. Well, the thing is that the, the best thing about them is they don't have a coherent thesis. It just goes from like one thing to the next for like mm-hmm. hours. JFK was a mermaid and the color purple isn't real. <laughs> In that book, In the Morning of the Magicians, which is honestly a pretty sweet title. It is great. Uh, which came out in 1960. They talked about the existence of ancient super civilizations and ancient astronauts, uh, which we also know that like ancient super civilizations was a thing that was in esoteric pseudo-archaeology before ancient astronauts. You know, we talked about this with like, you know, Atlantis and stuff, out-of-place artifacts and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh, very much with ties to Nazism. Um, mm. I don't know. I can't say anything about Bergier and Powell, but... Um, does seem I mean, kind of sus. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So the thing is that uh, many of the cases that Von Daniken makes for ancient astronauts were discussed earlier by Powell and Belgier. Um, for example, the Baghdad battery, which is... Yeah, we've talked about that. We yeah. Have, yeah, we haven't done a thing on it yet. It's sitting in my, like, um, for the next grab bag. I'm waiting for some yeah. another quick thing to put in the grab bag. But um, talked about Easter Island, uh, which we yeah, talked about. Talks about we've done that. The, uh, so these are things that are talked about in Morning of the Magicians, by the way. Uh, oh, they okay. talk about the Nazca lines as airfield markers. Yeah, we've definitely done that one. That's a really that's episode three for us. Yeah, they talked about the Piri Reese map. We've done that. Wow, as the uh, product of an observation from a spaceship. And uh, we haven't gotten to this one, but this one sounds super duper fun. Okay, that the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah was done by an atomic bomb. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of like atomic bomb stuff in ancient astronaut like theory. I, I talk I researched it a little bit in our video about uh, that we did about the Eternals together on, on YouTube.com if you want to watch that. Yeah, there's a lot of like ancient nuclear weapon stuff. Uh, wild. We got to get to it. That's great because uh, as a I would love to read that because as a uh, Dungeons and Dragons person, uh, I write homebrew adventures and uh, my just deep fear of nuclear weapons uh, comes out in basically every adventure I write. So that, 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 that'll, that'll fit it. Um, yeah, um, also that uh, place called the Ruins of Baalbek was a spaceship port. I, have ne- I don't even know the, how to even start with that one. I've never even heard of that one. Yeah. And so another thing, another book that comes that came out before uh, Eric Von Daniken wrote Chariot of the Gods was by a guy named uh, Robert Sheru, who wrote a book called 100,000 Years of Man's Unknown History, which came out in France as uh, Histoire inconnue des hommes depuis 100 000 ans. You're good at pronouncing those words. It's, it's a language. I sort of speak. <laughs> in that book, Sheru also says there are super civilizations that exist in the past and that knowledge has been suppressed and kept secret and that that great civilization and humanity were the result of us migrating to Earth from Venus. Ven- it's always <laughs> they were really Venus. on that at one yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> they were really stuck on Venus for a little bit there, huh? Yeah. And like Powell and Belgier, uh, they he talked about stuff that would show up in, he talked about the, um, the Piri Reese map, the Gate of the Sun at Tiwanaku, mm. uh, and extraterrestrials visiting Earth, including the Baalbek spaceport and the atomic wow, wars described one. in the uh, the Mahabharata. Yeah. Um, so already these are things that conspicuously show up in Chariot of the Gods. They sure do. Um, so when Von Daniken went to go write Chariot of the Gods, which did, uh, which unlike these books came out in English and was very very popular. He didn't really give much recognition to any of these authors. 
Um, mm, he kind of, he kind of, he was, he was familiar with their works and said, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take this little idea that you got right here and it's going to be my idea now. Yeah. Um, these were extremely popular books, especially among people who had an interest in UFOs and stuff like that uh, in France. Yeah. Not only as a Swiss person, it's very likely he speaks French, but these books were also translated into German in 1966 and 1970. So it's also fairly likely that he had read them uh, in German, which uh, we do know he speaks. Yeah. And these were popular books. There's no way that no one else, there's no way that no one noticed that he took these ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a Swiss person would have an easy time knowing about and reading a French book um, because Swiss people know an ungodly amount of languages. Europeans are, their language game is on a whole nother level. I know. I barely know the one that I know. Mm -hmm. There's also some other sources that I think are kind of amusing. Like uh, one recent study uh, dug up that it's very likely that some of his uh, theories about ancient aliens come from H.P. Lovecraft horror stories. Um, That in the 20s and 30s, uh, H.P. Lovecraft wrote some stuff about primeval aliens visiting Earth and creating life. Uh, which might have inspired Von Daniken. Yeah, we've definitely, I feel like we've talked about that one before on the on the show about uh, about aliens coming and basically creating humanity. Yeah, yeah. and that's H.P. Lovecraft. Like, that's not even pretending to be real. That is straight up fiction. Fiction, taking something that's fictional and being like, but what if it was real? What if I pass it off as real, though? Well, that's, that, I mean, that's one of the, like, some of the better H.P. Lovecraft books are sort of, like, written like they're, like, personal personal journals and stuff like that. So there's sort of like, you know, there's that whole uh, like Lovecraftian mythos that sort of feel that that's that's like the best H.P. Lovecraft work is actually feeling like it's part of a real world. But then being like, no, it's it's actually real is. um, mm. Well, you know, what's weird. So this this plays into like the Anunnaki a little bit, too. Right. Of of aliens coming and creating life on Earth or something. And what's really interesting about that is the obviously that has ties to Scooby-Doo. I say obviously. I know it has ties to Scooby-Doo because uh, in the Scooby-Doo with its canon. Ties to, with its ties to conspiracy theories, comma, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, Scooby-Doo, because obviously in the Scooby-Doo canon, as we all know, uh, Scooby-Doo is a descendant of uh, of the Anunnaki. Um, that is real. That's not a thing I made up. So, uh, But what's interesting about that is that whole show that take that does that, that uh, uses that idea, uh, which is Mystery Incorporated. The Dog Incorporated, Mystery Show. Yeah, the Dog Mystery Show. Well, the specific one called Mystery Incorporated, it ends with a very like Lovecraftian horror sort of uh, sort of showdown between the Scooby gang and this like big tentacled monster, like celestial monster. And it's just oh, like, God. and yeah, it's just like, okay, so there's a lot of ties here. Everything's tying together in a really, really, really interesting way that I'm starting to, you know, connect the dots on. Scooby-Doo's wild, everyone. Like if you <laughs> gave up on Scooby-Doo and you were a kid get back into it it is bonkers yeah i don't think i have seen anything other than the 60s show and uh one of the movies yeah wow it's it's all good so chariot of the gods got really popular yeah it did it's so popular that it wound up in front of the eyes of uh mr sheru and he had uh, some, he went to his publishers and had some words to say. The word plagiarism and threats of lawsuits started to come up. Uh-oh. Um, to, uh, and in, uh, to prevent from being sued, uh, Von Daniken then in later editions 
added uh, the book to the bibliography of Chariot of the Gods, but apparently hmm. didn't properly alphabetize it, which makes me, th- I don't know for sure, but it makes me think that it's like, it was, was just he, like taped onto the end of the bibliography yeah, when they just did another printing. He was trying to bury it. He was like, and also this thing as well is on here. It doesn't really matter. Let me see. Let me see if oh, I can. Oh, you're looking uh, in your book. Looking at my copy of Chariot of the Gods right now. Okay. <laughs> Not surprisingly, the bibliography is very short. Real, real <laughs> history. It, the, the bibliography is a uh, total of uh, like two, pa- no, like two spreads. Two um, spreads. Which I got to say, friends, um, as a person who has read a lot of academic history, the bibliography is typically like half the page count. That is so funny. Um, yeah, Sheru right here. Sheru, Robert. Um, actually, it is done properly. L'histoire en continue de des hommes depuis Yeah, it's right here. Um, okay. So I, I, let's see what let's see what year this uh, this thing I got yeah, off the base from. Let's see if this was a reprint. It's from 1970s. It's the second printing. It's the second printing. Look at that. We checked our... Sw- we did better than Eric Von Daniken. We checked our sources. <laughs> yeah, because it, it just happened to be on my desk. In Gods from Outer Space, Von Daniken also mentioned uh, Powell, Belgier, and Sheru were working on similar questions about the past. So he acknowledged that he didn't just, uh, you know, he wasn't the person who thought who thought this all up first. The only thing that he fails to mention in that book is that they were working on those questions before he was. Mm. So he kind of talked like, we are all working on this together. And it's like, no, <laughs> they worked on it. And then no, you no, no, no. took their work. And- <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> hey, we're all trying. We're all trying to figure it all out here. Like you come into it like several years late. Yeah, we're all equally trying to figure this out. No, 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 my guy. Yeah, and uh, and later on, uh, Rogersdorf, the person who significantly rewrote *Chariot of the Gods*, uh, later became basically his ghostwriter. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how you write eleven books in eleven years, by the way. Oh, um, that's it. Hire a dead writer. Yeah, What's he, a go- I don't know what a ghostwriter is. <laughs> uh, it's, you don't know what a ghostwriter is? *Spirit of Vengeance*, Marvel, something like that. No, I, I'm kidding. I know what a ghostwriter. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> I'm playing um, dumb. It's my role on this show. It's funny because I, I have that same joke with my wife, but she talks about some. There's apparently some TV show called Ghost Writer, like Ghost Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R. That's yeah. about, uh, I guess, a ghost that writes. So I'm like, OK, I, I, I did not know that that particular set of phonemes just has so many different representations. It's got a and lot of the, stuff. This is another Nicolas Cage connection to this podcast. That's right. Nicolas Cage, Ghost Writer. We got to get him on the show. I, I, I want to learn more because apparently on Ghost Rider, he um, he did some weird stuff like he like bought like a witch doctor or what he thought was a witch doctor mask, uh, like which okay. you know, witch doctor is like a, you know, a priest of a legitimate religion. Um, OK, yeah. But he like bought a mask and like did a whole bunch of like we he's apparently a very strange actor. <laughs> Uh, his method the, is very uh, much his own. He's um, on the upswing. I'm rooting mm, for him. Yeah, he's sort of coming around. Uh, that pig movie apparently was really good. Um, where do you know about this movie? I I know that it exists. I don't know anything about it. Apparently, it's really good, and it's a movie. It's it sounds like what it is from my like getting little bits of it is. Imagine, um, you know that movie where uh, where Qui Gon Jinn is looking for his daughter um, from like human traffickers oh, or whatever. Taken, it's yeah. like Taken, but with a pig. It's like Taken, but with like a truffle hunter searching for people who stole his truffle hunting pig. Oh, that's awesome! I like that actually. Now I gotta watch it. Yeah. 
Uh, apparently, in the preface to a book called Gods from Outer Space, Rogersdorf points out that Von Daniken was not the first to write about ancient astronauts, but that his questions were, I love this, this is the most like defensive thing I've ever heard. While he's not the first, he is more impartial, more direct, and more <laughs> audacious. <laughs> Um, yeah. And also Impartial. conspicuously didn't mention who was first. Yeah, come on. That's just so, ugh, it's so gross. I mean, look, all of this is bad. <laughs> I'm not being like, credit the originals. I'm like, maybe you should all go away. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Von Daniken also, uh, like he has like, you know, he probably learned about the Piri Reese map from these people and like all these various things that like he, he has, like he wouldn't have had the opportunity to do the research himself for any of these things. And it's like, oh, Okay, yeah, like turns out that he borrowed without attribution quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, he also spawned his own like, you know, breed of uh, of people who've ripped off him. That's true. Uh, I'm thinking of um, our uh, Anunnaki guy. I'm trying to remember his name right off the top of my head. Uh, Scooby-Doo. Oh, oh yeah, Zechariah Sitchin like was sort of like you know following up on that whole thing. That's true. And now look where we are. We're yeah. just copying Eric Von Daniken. Well, needless to say, Von Daniken and his books have brought out many debunkers over the years. Uh, like like us, like <laughs> us. Look at us. We're doing it. Well, more like you. <laughs> Not really me. I get. I did a couple episodes. I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah you, you. You've got your. Uh, you've got your challenge coin. I did. Um, it. And uh, to kind of like to kind of like put a bow on his like on the things like he's made some claims about like Easter Island, for example, that have been verified to not be true. Mm, and that's a really weird way to phrase that verified to be false. We have found specific evidence that debunks things that he said were true. Absolutely. Um, and also a reading of his stuff would show that he makes very big mistakes with like basic facts um, which show a sign of somebody who is not a careful researcher. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I agree with the other with the quote above where you said uh, they described Von Daniken as uh, audacious. I would agree <laughs> with that part of it, but yeah. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would say that he's a very rigorous researcher. Yeah. So I guess the next part to talk about is like the impact that Von Daniken has had on discourse. Well, um, yeah, and this is really exciting because we've we've gone through this whole thing and, um, you know, it's a very different kind of episode for us, a very different kind of, you know, biography sort of thing. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that there's not a part in this episode where Tristan makes us sad. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's my favorite part so far is that there's no there's no really sad part, right? Well, no. Um, so Tristan... The UFO phenomenon has been going basically since 1947. You can tie it either to Roswell or the Mount Rainer um, flying saucer event uh, sightings. But um, again, there was a time when there were skeptics who were worried about a decline in interest in real science because of people like Von Daniken and those named by name that they would take over our public imagination of the past. Um, His work has been translated now into 32 different languages and he was able to tap into our milieu and now it's everywhere like you know this is the guy who inspired the eternals he uh, this is the person who inspired like i'm sure that you can think that in our like kind of cultural milieu right like yeah 
that the ancient astronaut theorists, our ancient astronaut theory is now like definitely part of our mental space. hundred percent. I mean, like even before, uh, like when, I don't know about you, Tristan, but when I talk about this podcast with other people, you, cause I'm a guy. So obviously I have a podcast. So everyone's like, what's your podcast about? Um, we are like, podca- what's your podcast? Yeah. We all have every white guy has access to microphones and therefore has no concept of not being recorded. We always have to record ourselves and make a podcast about it. That is what we live for. So everyone's always asking each other, Hey, what's your podcast? What's your podcast? Nice to meet you. What's your podcast? And every time I talk about this show, I don't even have to explain it to people. I don't, I, I say like, oh yeah, we debunk uh, ancient astronaut claims. Uh, sometimes like ancient, ancient aliens is more gets people, but ancient astronaut is sort of like, huh, what's that? But like, oh yeah, we debunk like the History Channel show ancient aliens and people are like, oh yeah, I immediately know what that is. And uh, some people are really into it. Some people are really like, I don't know. I think those guys are onto something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, well, listen to this show, maybe. I think there's a lot of people who don't necessarily believe, like for me in a lot of conspiracy theory media is like, I don't believe it. It's just fun to like, it's just yeah. fun to uh, to listen to. Although now I'm like, as I do more research, because I'm like researching this like conspiracy area. And at the same time, I've been like for uh, almost two years now doing a like long form video series where I investigate like um, the world of the American far right and like how the conspiracy theory is built up around that. And I'm like halfway between like sometimes this is funny and sometimes it's terrifying. But um, which I think speaks a lot to because like I'm just trying to find answers about where conspiracy theories fit in our world today. Um, But yeah, like not only has Von Daniken made crap tons of money off of this, but he has inspired lots of people um, who have either gone on to make their own thing like Zechariah Sitchin or have just blatantly copied his work and just do the exact same grift in other places to Mm -hmm. to great success. Um, Most of them, you know, did not do well, but some of them have. And um, to this day, like I said, is uh, Von Daniken's most recent book came out last year. It came out. I don't know why. I can't like I can't say that he's made a book since this podcast has started, but I'm sure it's it's uh, just a matter of time. <laughs> and then we'll review it. We'll review it for you all and tell you all the things he got right. Oh, uh, you're just committing me to read a book. No, I don't want to read a book. That's why I make a podcast. <laughs> On that thing about like white guys and podcasts, I just thought think about that mm. line from The Simpsons where it's like um, Lisa's like, I hate being young. No one listens to you. And then Grandpa's like, I hate being old. No one listens to you. And Homer walks in like, I'm a white male between the ages of uh, 25 and 35. And everyone listens to me, no matter how <laughs> dumb my suggestions are. <laughs> That's um, us. But hopefully yeah. we, we try to provide, you know, good in- infotainment, as they say. Mm-hmm. So to kind of put a bow on it, Eric Von Daniken is a person who spreads misinformation and pseudo-archaeology and has made a lot of money and has made it very popular and has inspired more people to do the same thing. Um, We tend to, and this is my bugbear, we tend to realize how damaging that is in the context of pseudoscience and in our age of talking about pseudoscience and like, you know, the proliferation of conspiracy theories and misinformation in our kind of current day, 
we're kind of taking that seriously. But uh, I'm always troubled by how we don't really do that as seriously when talking about archaeology and history, even though like in our episode on uh, on Puma Punku, we've talked about yeah. how it can have serious effects on people's lives and like our, our understanding of things. And so. Um, yeah, I think that we should, uh, that it's something that we should take seriously. And, um, Eric von Daniken has probably done more to popularize, uh, stuff that, as I've even mentioned, has veered into like, you know, neo-Nazi stuff. And I didn't even get into all of the racist shit that, uh, von Daniken has said in his long, illustrious career. Yeah. Do you want to rattle some off really quickly to flesh out this episode? I, I don't have any examples on the top of my head, except for the fact that he has some not so nice things to say about black people. And it does imagine that. Yeah. All of the people who he claims could not have, you know, been inspired to do big things all tend to be people of color, which is uh, very conspicuous. Yeah. So can I can I hit on that really quickly, actually? <laughs> sure. So just just to f- sort of flesh out this second episode, because I think I am going to split it up. But I just want to like hit on this really quickly. We did an episode. We did a video on YouTube about Marvel's Eternals and how Von Daniken, how it was inspired by Eric Von Daniken and Chariot of the Gods and things like that, like very blatantly inspired. Like issue two of Eternals has like, you know, literally says Chariots of the Gods on it um and uh i was I, I reading some of the comments on that video we we had mentioned the this thing that we've mentioned before on this on this podcast which is that if a culture or civilization was not white if it was you know any if it was any big achievement by a non-white society then by eric von daniken's standards and a lot of ancient astronaut people's standards it must have been aliens like it, it had to have been aliens to who built the pyramids it had to be aliens who did you know the easter island heads like anything but but if it's something like what what was the example that you used for like uh like the parthenon or something i can't remember yeah like the parthenon like sometimes they makes or or, or like you know the the roman Colosseum. yeah uh no one ever said like oh like the romans couldn't have possibly built the Colosseum. yeah and and so there were comments about us saying that that were basically like well, the reason why we don't make those claims about something like Parthenon is because we have more, you know, or like the Colosseum is because we have more information about those and the history of those. And so we don't have to, you know, unlike these other things like the pyramids or whatever, where the history is like sort of muddied there. And so people were trying really hard to make that argument to be like, well, it's because we don't have the a lot of that same information for these other, you know, non-white cultures uh, that we have to guess what their how their achievements were made. And it's such a wild thing to make that argument, because why would you default to saying that it was aliens then? That's that's quite a stretch to go to. Why you you are bending over backwards? It, you you are pulling so many muscles, making this stretch to say that just because we don't have this clear cut information about how these monuments and how these cultures and, and how these landmarks were made, that it definitely wasn't the people <laughs> in those cultures. It had to have been alien. And like to default to aliens is such a wild thing to genuinely sit back and say, that makes sense to me. That's why we do it 
to, you know, the pyramids and not the Colosseum. It's like that. No, it you. it's still wrong. And like also just completely spits in the face of the uh, many, many smart people who've dedicated their lives to answering these questions um, in like real in depth. Like like one of the things I think a listener uh, showed us this today that like this um, this archaeological project went through where they were showing they we made a joke about how move big rock right uh, and that there was this um, this experiment that was going on in uh, Egypt where uh, they moved big rock they, they did were able it. to uh, recreate the way that they moved the the rocks and the way that they would have done to get the great pyramids of Giza and with like a fraction of the people they were able to move some really large stones and like if you just had like a hundred people you could like move so many stones yeah and it was like oh yeah you yeah you figured it out and like yeah like the whole thing of how we discovered about the um the sort of like shuffling of the uh of the you know the moai on uh, yeah. on Easter Island mm-hmm. like we figured that out and it's like yeah it turns out that you know you give people a lot of time like they'll figure out some pretty ingenious stuff and there are you know archaeologists are uh because like a lot of the times that the like when you're kind of talking about it's either they were not a civilization that had writing right or or they or their civilization was destroyed so long ago that their writing doesn't persist to today right or it was you know destroyed um through one reason or another um yeah which also we should be sensitive to as people of European ancestry because Mm -hmm. uh, the only reason why we know the Parthenon uh, and like the reason that we know a lot about like ancient Greece and stuff like that is not because uh, we we were so forward thinking that we preserved it all. I'll tell y'all Plato's Republic as we know it today was not translated from Greek. (laughs) We we have the uh, what's it called? We have the 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 House of Wisdom in Baghdad to thank for that. So like yeah like like it's I mean like this is like the central series bit that we're always going to be digging through on this podcast as we sort of come week by week because it is it is the central like uh reason why not only is ancient astronaut theory like wrong but it is like it intentionally like uh it 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 it, uh promotes a like racist idea of the past and this is the legacy of eric von daniken's decades of work this is what he did and it, and it doesn't matter how many videos of people in modern day showing that you can build the pyramids or showing that you can move the, you can walk the Moai, you know, it doesn't matter how many of those exist because Eric Von Daniken's work is so ingrained in culture that there's always going to be a subset of people now who go, I don't know. I, I really don't think you could do, I really don't think people could have done that. And even yeah. it doesn't matter how many, how many researchers and historians and, and how many people show that, uh, that they're, all these ancient civilizations were genuinely so rad and cool because Eric Von Daniken ruined it. And uh, I mean, uh, also not off the hook is that the History Channel's now been leveraging it to make yeah. a whole lot of money as well, which you Constantly. know, I ex- I expect this from uh, a, a weird old man, but like the History Channel. I mean, I know the History Channel has declined in the like you know last like twenty years or so, but, <laughs> right? Uh, th- it's still like it, it is, that's a low that I'm I still yeah. I still think is a bit beyond the pale. Yeah, which is why we are the History Channel now. We are the History Podcast. We're doing mm-hmm. it. Come back for our uh, long form response to uh, Pawn Stars. That's <laughs> 
Anyway, that was sort of a long tangent. I, I wanted to make this into two episodes and we needed to sort of fill out the second episode a little bit better, I think. But uh, I'm honestly glad we we sort of had that conversation and sort of talked about where Eric Von Daniken's work sort of led mm-hmm. society, led culture, led us right now. And I'll make uh, up for it when we do the David Icke episode, because I have I'm going to talk so much about Nazis in that episode mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to go on a big rant about the that all of the Anu, all the Anunnaki stuff is anti-Semitism. Follow me. Oh, it. dang it, Scooby! No, not Sco- you, <laughs> not Scooby, not Scooby. Well, until that episode, uh, please continue listening and, and continue following this show. Uh, it's probably not aliens. We don't say that. We don't say that enough. This show is called "It's Probably Not Aliens." Uh, yeah. you, can, you can follow us at Probs Not Aliens on Twitter. Uh, let us know if you like this this two parter. And, and our little rant here at the end of, of this one. Uh, Tristan, where can people find more of you in your work? Uh, I have a YouTube channel called Step Back History where I talk about uh, the past and the present and how things connected. And uh, I, my next video coming up soon, which, uh, you know, if it's not out by the time this episode airs, I have uh, something very bad has happened to me. Oh, no. But uh, it is the next and penultimate uh, video in the series that I was talking about, about the American far right. And it's about the Oklahoma City bombing. So if they, that if that interests you, check it out. But Scott, you have a wonderful YouTube channel as well ah, so you claim uh yeah my youtube channel is called NerdSync. n-e-r-d-s-y-n-c all one word i don't say that enough um yeah i make video essays about nerdy things cartoons comics scooby-doo as you <laughs> probably have picked up on uh right now i'm in the process of talking about making videos about uh whatever happened to thought balloons in comic books why aren't they as present today as they were in the past and i also just thought of an idea uh to make a video about comic books that became memes. So if you want educational stuff, Tristan's the better follow. Uh, if you just want to I'm not going to let you do that self-deprecation on my watch. All right. You, uh, what's it called? Especially when you get in the weeds on like the, like early days and like the, the sort of drama and business behind the comic books. I don't think there's anyone doing that better uh, than you. Well, so thank you. Please leave reviews of the show on Apple podcasts. I know you can also rate it on Spotify. Thank you to everyone who's been doing that. Thank you to everyone who's been, who's been doing five stars. I know that some people still are doing the meme about four stars. That's my fault. Five star reviews really does help us out. Gets us in the, in the iTunes charts, but really that is not uh, the best way for us to grow. What is the best way for us to grow? Tristan putting this podcast on USB keys and throwing them at your friends yeah. or, enemies. or enemies or really just anyone. Um, but yeah, the thing is that podcasts don't really work like YouTube. Like they don't have recommendation algorithms. It's really word of mouth. So put word in mouth. Oh, but we are, we are on YouTube now. Though. Yeah, we are on YouTube now. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting caught up. But uh, yeah, if you want to watch this, uh, yeah, it's probably not aliens is now on YouTube Fantastic. Um, where the first two comments we received were, um, Wreck me, history, daddy, and uh, words of thought fossils. Th- words of thought fossils. Yep, so, there we go. <laughs> good memes. Good uh, and if you want to sh- tell your friends about it, the best way to do it, just send them to probsnotaliens.com. It's got links to all of the different places you can listen to this show. And that's really it. We made it real simple for you. There's no excuses now. Go do mm-hmm. it. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Take us out yeah. of here, Tristan. Well... We'll be back next time, but until then, the truth is out there. Probably.
We did it. We recorded two episodes in one session.